Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing The Feels from 2017. So pretty recent. Yeah, we are. You know, I would say we have our finger on the pulse of the zeitgeist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this film was written and directed by Janae Lamarck. Le- I can't tell if it's Lamarck or Lamarck. Hey. I know. I was just having that conversation in my head. <laughs> and also uh, co-written by Lauren Parks, who also co-wrote Lamarck's, Lamarck's other film. Uh, what was it called? The Pretty One with uh, with Zoe Kazan. And that's like a it's another romantic comedy thing. Comedy thing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. A romantic comedy thing. A I feel romantic like your comedy. feelings about this movie like were best expressed in that phrase. Romantic comedy thing. thing. I mean, it's definitely Beautiful, romantic gorgeous. comedy esque um, thing yes. that we watch. The feels. It's in. It's like. It's like in this. It's next door neighbors with. It's the girl next door of a romantic comedy. It's. It's a. Uh, in the same universe. Yeah, I mean, what we really have here is an outgrowth of Mumblecore, which I thought was dead, but still continues to thrive way past its expiration date. And so, like, this is mostly a movie that is carried by how well the moments stick with you. And uh, they don't. They yeah. truly don't. It's very much, it feels like a, a col- like there's characters, of course, and um, we are introduced to them both through narrative, but also through like fourth wall breaking kind of interview style, each character talking about their... Oh yeah, each character talks about when they had their first orgasm in confessional style, and I'm not yeah. sure why... Because the film, the film is, is not, not supposed to be a documentary. It's, a, it's a, yeah. a fiction film. This is not mockumentary. This is not documentary. And this is not... Yeah, it's it's. So not, who the fuck are they talking so to? It's just like... It's a suspension, I guess, of disbelief or style choice. Probably just both. That we're just supposed to be like, okay, now they're talking directly to us it's about the first strange. time they came. It's um, weird. It's, it is weird, and it feels yeah. The movie feels like a collage of moments, um, which can be interesting yeah. if like everyone on board is dynamic and you know can carry something that is very clearly loosely scripted. And I just don't think anyone does, and it's not their fault. Like some actors work best with the script, some actors can go off book and do something really interesting but it just doesn't happen in this movie like constance Wu is really not given much to do um speaking of which we should talk about the plot oh yeah yeah yeah. okay so the plot is constance who her character's name is andy and angela trimber trimber i don't know that i think that's how i say her last name plays a character named lou and they are engaged and this is their bachelorette weekend with um, their close friends. So, you know, it gives us the setting for 
drunkenness talks, you know, drama. Yeah, to, it's just it's, like a bunch it's a, of... It's a format for us to get to know everyone, essentially. Yeah, almost like most of the characters are lesbians, and then there are two straight people. There is Josh, who is played by an actor named Josh, and there is Nikki, who is played by the director. And uh, Josh and Nikki are, of course... Kind of like most of the drama is about them because Nikki shows up late. The straight people just cannot chill. The straight people have no chill because like it's like a it's like a, you know, they're supposed to be celebrating an upcoming marriage and stuff. And all of the gays are ready to have a good time. But then the straights pop up and it's like Josh is upset because he's secretly in love with Constance and he doesn't like Lou clearly. Like he gives like a speech at some point in the movie, and I'm and it's just like yeah, really rude, passive aggressive shit. It's so <laughs> weird because like so Lou and Constance, or I guess I could just use the actress names Angela and Constance. I'll say Lou. Lou and Constance um, broke up at one point, and now they're obviously back together because they're engaged. And, you know, everyone's had drinks, they're at a dinner, and, and, and people are getting emotional, they're, they're making uh, toasts to the couple, they're talking about how excited they are for them to get married, all of the, the cliche but real things that would happen on a bachelorette weekend. And Josh, the straight asshole who's for some reason there. Uh, he is so like, annoying. And if he's you're going to have like an honorary straight guy on your bachelorette weekend, it should not be Josh. <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't understand how Josh got invited, like except that I Josh guess <laughs> he's has no chill. He is. It's not like he's just like, yeah, I'm here to support. He just needs the attention and he desperately. Oh, it's so bad. And he he goes on this passive aggressive, um, quote, toast, unquote, about the time that Lou dumped Constance and that they were broken up and how sad Constance was and how basically the pain that Constance endured made him realize that they must really love each other, which is obviously not what, what you just say on someone's thing that I have ever seen. I would kick him out. He would have to go home. I'd be like, who's driving him home? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, what? And then and then he gets called out um, by Nikki, played by the director, who is playing Lou's sister and um she's of course the other straight person that weekend and she's just like hey dude you shouldn't talk about their breakup right now or slash ever and um she of course as the other straight person has to also be shitty so she arrived late (laughs) she arrived late but you find out that she arrived late because she's like going or she's about to get a divorce and i guess she hasn't really told anyone and so she, like, confides to Josh. And, and, of course, she ends up fucking Josh. Like, Josh, for me, is, like, in lieu of a Duplax, a Duplass brother, we have Josh. Like, it's just yeah. such Duplass brother. It is Duplass brother energy. Behavior. Because it's just, like, a, he's just, like, a little scrawny man who, like gets women to fuck him for some reason which i it's like that's the entire when i look at the duplasses i'm just like how yeah i don't how yeah <laughs> who did it but he just like he's terrible he's annoying and it's like he and then he still gets laid and i remember you know what he has he has the only straight guy at art school energy oh yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah like where he he has sex with a lot of beautiful women because like there happen to be a lot of women who still fuck men and he's like the only one who wants to fuck women there. And yeah, that's his vibe. And on this weekend, that's his vibe. Oh yeah, totally. And so 
him and Nikki have a scene that's supposed to be cute, but it's not where she's just like, uh, I'm still breastfeeding. And he's just like, well, well, you know, I want a woman. I don't want a girl. I don't want a woman. Yeah. She's basically like apologizing for her boobs. Like, I don't know, maybe having stretch marks or looking like normal, you know? Um, I think she's wearing a maternity bra. Okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to downplay like, the vulnerability that her character would have felt. But like his response is like, yeah, his response is like, I want a woman. And it's like, that's cool. And I don't, I don't know how I even wanted him to respond, but I think it felt so annoying because I didn't really like either of those characters, but it felt like this moment was forced and I was supposed to be like, wow, how like progressive he's not going to body shame her. Oh my God. It's like, she's still just like a beautiful white woman. She's like, yeah, she's really hot. Like it's not, it's not like radical, you know, like that they want to fuck. Like she's much hotter than him. If we're going to get into that. I mean, like everybody's hot except Josh. And it's really, (laughs) (laughs) we are bullying Josh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's also just because I generally prefer women anyway. Love you, Kyle. But like in general, I prefer women. I mean, women. that just speaks to the fact that you love Kyle a lot, right? <laughs> like generally you prefer women, but Kyle is amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, so it's very, uh, um, this movie has a problem. And the problem is, is that there's no conflict. And so what we have is a bunch of adults acting like fucking children so that plot will come up. Like, for example, yes, you're right. That's a great way of putting it. Lou gets so upset that her sister and Josh had sex like. And the truth is, is that it's not her fucking business. And it's It's weird that she cares. So like the whole. Yeah. Like, okay, so the characters. So. Nikki, Lou, and Constance, like, they're all, all the actresses are in their late 30s. This was made two years ago. And there's no implication in the plot that they're in their 20s. But they all look like they could be in their 20s. And they also act like they're all 21. So I just assume that they're playing young because of how immature everyone was and because of the needless drama. Because it's like, so Josh and Nikki fuck, who cares, right? I do not care. I don't care. And then the next morning, one of the other friends, I think it was Karen, um, comes in and is like, oh, I have coffee, and then, like, sees them together and then decides to immediately narc and, like, tells... I don't even tells like the other friend and then it becomes this whole thing where it comes out to Lou and Lou freaks out because she doesn't know that Nikki's getting a divorce and Nikki's like, well, actually I'm like separated. So like, it wasn't really cheating in the way that you think it was, but I'm sorry. Even if she was cheating on her husband. That's not your fucking business. And like, we can talk about it later. <laughs> like, yeah. Like if she was like, like I mean, are you the husband's representative? Like get out of her business. It was such a weird, it was weird because it was obvious that like, like Nikki and Josh were drunk after this whole like bonding dinner that everyone had that was tense and then they fucked and like whatever that's messy like I get I get it it's it's a bachelorette weekend it's kind of messy for people to fuck on it but they're also on a weekend away you know that's a very fucking kind of situation um and then it, and then it's like somehow Nikki and Josh the straights fucking has ruined this whole weekend and opened up this whole like it's just opened up this like 
a and it's, fucking and it's just box like, of just and the problem is is that tension. no one has any fucking chill because like okay these two people fucked you have other things to do yeah there's no fucking reason that we're still talking about this I, I feel like I just sound so angry but I guess I am because I'm just like you know movies are expensive to make and it's very irritating when I watch a movie and it's just a bunch of people fucking chilling. Like, it makes yeah. me so mad. The, and I think that it comes from a misunderstanding of how, like, movies, how movies work. Because it's this understanding that, oh, yeah, the big chill is just a bunch of people hanging out. No, it's not. Watch it again. Um, Clerks is a movie about hanging out. No, it's not. <laughs> I would say watch it again. It's not just about a bunch of people hanging out. These movies have plots. There's still and a movement. There, there's a sense of, there's, a, there's an arc and change. What character changes through this movie? Yeah, that, that's a really great, that's a really great question because here's the thing. Like I love, I love character based work. I prefer a slow movie where I get to know people versus a really great plot. Like, so normally like I'm, I'm fine with Mumblecore. I'm fine with that shit. If it's done well, you know, yeah. I like, I love that. I love moments, you know? So in some ways I feel like this movie was made for me, not me specifically, but like I am in the demographic of people that should love this movie and I and I will say I do feel like the actors in it they do have chemistry in the sense like you believe them you believe that they're friends you believe that they fucked you believe you believe it like the acting yeah, is I good. Yeah, I believe that this is a friend group that I would not want to hang out with. Yeah, at all. <laughs> like you believe their drama. It's just like the drama, like you said, is not enough. There's not actual conflict. It's just people being immature and reactive versus there being an actual arc, and like essentially, I mean, so so Nikki brings um, Molly. Which is, I think that drug scenes can be, like, really, they can be really fun, but I also think they can also be lazy um, as a writing tool. Um, and so people take Molly, and it's when people are on Molly that they find out about Josh and Nikki. And then during the, the Molly high, Lou reveals um, that she's never had an orgasm. And it is like everyone's freaking out because she's, you know, on her bachelorette weekend and Constance is right there. And, and so everyone's like, wait, but not like you're not saying with Constance, like, of course, you guys have orgasmed. And she's like, well, I felt good. And then it, it opens up this whole thing where everybody again, this is a matter of like not your business. Yes, she shared this, but that's different than it being everyone's business. Mm. Everyone starts psychologizing why Lou hasn't had an orgasm and if it's Constance's fault or Lou's fault. And it's the way that everybody weird. talks about Constance Wu's character in this movie is insane. Like everybody, the way they talk about her, it seems like everybody hates her. Even Josh, who is in love Josh with her. Josh is in love with her, but he's like, you're selfish. Talks to her with, like, such contempt. And it's like, if you don't want to hang out with her, you don't have to. The only, <laughs> what like, are we the doing? The thing that made me believe Josh talking to her that way was, like, the part of me that was like, oh, he's bitter because he loves her, like, oh, in, yeah. like, a very, like, possessive way. And he's, like, a straight guy who, like, can't accept that she's with a woman. But, like, it still was like, you don't really love her then. Like, this is, like, something else, you know? <laughs> like if I mean, or you love her in the way that you can, which is toxic. I just yeah. So then basically, <laughs> it's like we're all like worried because Lou hasn't had an orgasm. Which like yeah, that's you know everyone should orgasm, and that's 
that's, I guess, the reason for the style choice that everyone, all of the characters individually, you know, talk in a confessional about their first orgasm. And it's very, you know, personal. And again, like, if this was done a little better, I feel like I would be into this shit. Um, like, some of them open up about assault and some of them talk about, like, masturbating and some of them talk about like being embarrassed and some of them talk about being the first one at school or you know there's all these different narratives and I I guess it's just weird because the rest of the weekend is just everybody unpacking the fact that Nikki and Josh fucked and everybody unpacking the fact that Lou hasn't orgasmed and I believe that this, I, it feels believable in the sense that if you're with a small group of people and a few big things happen, you know, <laughs> like I do believe that everyone would just keep talking about these things because maybe they don't want to actually talk about their real lives. But it doesn't give us enough as viewers. Like we're yeah. not actually their friends. We're not actually hanging out with them on that weekend. We're watching a movie. Right. So... Um, I remember there's a part where um, Kyle was not watching the movie, but I because I started watching it while we were still in bed. I sometimes turn on movies when I feel like we should both wake up. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's cute. I like that. Um, so uh, he looked at a scene and he was just like, "This is just like real life." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like where it's like too realist, and you're like, "Okay, I mean, I could just." not watch this i could just go hang out with my friends <laughs> um there there i mean there's a scene with uh nikki and lou and their friend helen who is played by um a comedian who was originally from chicago ever maynard and she lives in la now who i remember when i lived in chicago and i think she's super funny so i really i enjoyed her in this she seemed to be having the most fun. Yeah, like her character was like the only funny character in my opinion. And I felt like she, she, like it makes sense that she's a comedian. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, this is mostly actors or whoever and she's a comedian and she was funny. Um, and she, it's her and Lou and Nikki and they're smoking and um, Nikki is opening up about her divorce. And like, Lou is very much like, why would why would you divorce Adam? He's such a good dad. He's such a good partner. Why is she so obsessed with him? Yeah, I just it's, don't. it's weird. I, and again, I think this goes back to like the movie does not give us actually enough to work with. There's no scene where we see Lou and Adam like hanging out, you know, like if there was a scene where we saw like how close they were or something or like how Adam was as a partner, then it would make sense. She's so invested. But instead, we just have a bunch of conversations about it. And Lou, Lou's like, he's amazing. What did you do? And so she's immediately accusatory to her oh, sister. Oh, yeah, this is like a very much like, a, uh, it, it, it's, you know, that kind of thing where it's like, I'm the responsible sister and this is the flighty sister and the flighty sister is always doing dumb shit and I always have to pick up after her. But the thing about it is, is that this woman is married, has two children and like, has shit together more than you. You've never even had an orgasm before. And I'm not saying that that's her fault, but like, she just she's seems like had a person. two children. Yeah, like, she, like, like she has birth humans. Like that is a thing. And it's just like, she's the adult. Why are you so obsessed with them? Like, I don't, I just truly don't understand. Like one time I had a, I had a friend who was like dating my brother and my brother was just like being shitty to them. And I was like, and they were like, what should I do? And I was like, break up with him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's just like, it's not, 
you're not like you can't like graft your own thoughts and opinions on someone's relationship. If somebody's not happy, they're allowed to break up and it's and weird it's much, for you to like try actually, to get in the way of that. It's a lot healthier for them to break up than unless, unless they're like, we're going to work through this. It's a lot healthier for them to break up than to like continue and be unhappy and have it explode, you know, yeah. more later on. And so, so yeah. So lose all like psychologizing Nikki and Nikki ends up revealing that, she felt neglected emotionally and physically and that she like she met this guy who was approaching her and he was really complimentary and instead of telling her husband Adam what she wanted and that she needed that positive attention she ended up cheating on him and then that led to them separating and now of course Adam is with this younger woman and they're all like she has a boob job it's, and she it, goes okay. tanning here's which is thing. like here's I guess a, here's yeah. the thing like maybe I just I, I am not a white person but um, white people, I feel... I love you. <laughs> that there is something very deeply wrong with y'all. And it's very much in this situation. Because if you look at this woman who plays Nikki, who is also the director, right? this woman. If yeah, you look at and she's technically Mexican. If you look at the director, like, she's fucking hot and i'm just like okay so he's that's just, the like, irony also is yeah <laughs> like yeah like it's just okay so she's with a younger like i don't get and this idea oh no she t it's just like you're also incredibly beautiful and slender and it's like does this person look that different from you really <laughs> i just don't i don't know yeah i don't know if it's true and she's mexican there are white people in mexico she's very pale yeah <laughs> yeah no totally um, but like it's like i don't I don't know, whatever, I mean, and it's so much, I think it just lends to my disconnect, because so much of this is also in mumblecore and, like, indie white culture, where it's just, like, this is the woman that he left her for, and this is the woman that he was with before, and they'll, like, stand in a room together or something, and I'll just be like, this is the same person. Yeah, it's a very, <laughs> it's very, like, oh, she's Marilyn Monroe, or she's Britney Spears, and I'm a brunette. <laughs> like, I feel like that's often the you narrative. You die your And hair. it's, like, so much of it is just... Based I'm thinking about dyeing my hair blonde. I was, do it. I was considering it. I mean, it is really interesting. Like, I've had a lot of different hair colors. I've had purple hair, blonde hair, brown hair, red hair, uh, blue hair. And, like, people do treat you different based on your hair color. And you have the same face. You have the same body, you know? Like, people do put a lot on that. And it's creepy. And it's whatever you want to call it. You know, there's definitely a weird blonde fetish that exists um, but I agree with you. I think there is like specifically a white obsession with it's almost like this Aryan standard. But the the fake tan thing is interesting because they're like she's fake tan boobs. She's, that felt like a very L.A. almost like it didn't feel 2017 to me. That felt like a very like early thousands or 90s kind of like, beauty standard. I was like, I don't feel like that's what people are looking for. I right mean, now. in general, if you're <laughs> white, like all kind of tanning is fake. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, either you're speeding it up or you're trying to... It's all fake. I don't... Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, I know. I, like... It's funny. I'm, like, I... Yeah, absolutely. It's just like you're, you're changing very, your skin tone. White people have a very weird relationship with being pale. 
Um, which I know sounds funny because we're <laughs> fucking white. So it's like, well, you guys are pale. That's yeah, like what you I are. Mean, that's, yeah. But there's definitely a thing with white people where it's like, well, yeah, we're white, but we don't want to be pale because that's ugly. That's just, and so it's like, I like I'm an extremely pale person and I don't pretend not to be. And like, I'm an adult now, so it doesn't matter. But when I was younger, I remember it was like, why don't you like tan? Like, you know, why don't you go like... It's very weird. Why don't you go fix that? Uh, you know, and I was just <laughs> like, because this is just how I look. And uh, like... I don't know. Like, Kyle is incredibly pale. One know, of the palest men I was that like, I've I'm ever just going to take care of myself and like whatever. Like, I'm not going to trick any... Like, what am I supposed to do? Pretend I'm not white? Could like, you imagine a tan Kyle? Like, that would look so right? weird looking. Yeah. Like, and also like white people, like we we age it, it's a, more of a process for us to age gracefully and tanning does not help and i know that there's no, spray tans but it's spray like tans make your, your skin smell weird and you have to get them every like week so it's like, like not good for your just skin. love yourself honestly just love your skin <laughs> just like like, love your, like a hot pale person is hotter than uh like whatever a i don't bizarre need to get into looking, you know yeah, what, you know yes, what i'm no, saying like it's exactly way better to just mean. embrace like how you actually look than like try and look like a mediocre version of someone else yeah i was thinking about like i had to watch 13 reasons why for work because i had to write about it and like this season has a lot of like brenda strong from desperate housewives and i keep on looking at brenda strong and it's like she is more beautiful every single time that i see her like i've seen her in so many different versions of her career i've seen her in the 90s i've seen her in the 2000s and now i'm seeing her now and there's just like a scene where she's just like doing yoga and she just like looks amazing and she's just like a pale white woman who just takes good care of her body and i'm just like i love her i think that she looks great and i would hate like (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, it's like, yeah, the beauty industrial complex wants to fuck everyone, but it's also like a white supremacist like structure. So it's just, it's a very weird, it's a weird conversation. It's a weird, it's a weird conversation. It's very present in the movies that we cover is we cover a lot of white people and there's a lot of like brunettes with delicate, I don't know how else to put it, like very white, like quote, like thin features that are like, oh, this blonde woman. And, 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 and like, it's in also the, just like in the context noticed? of how oppressive beauty is, it's like, what are you talking about? Like, have you <laughs> noticed that the blonde women that they obsess over are often like, like way more than they do like i mean you know and I'm, like it's all like a spectrum, well, there's also this like blonde big boobs like she's got big a boobs. very weird and it's like yeah. you can't have big boobs without having big arms i'm here to tell you um yeah. <laughs> like when, like it's just no as yeah yeah i've had i mean i can't count the conversations i've had with women i mean some of my best conversations i've had with like groups of women where we all talk about body image it's like everybody who has something they want different about themselves the thing they like about themselves is the reason they have that thing right yeah like they're like oh i wish my arms were smaller but also i love my tits you know or like i wish my legs were longer but also i like love my ass or what you know i feel like you know what i'm saying no it's it's always like some of the things i like and it's like i mean i'd like to be controversial and be like i would love small boobs and small arms take them away i don't want (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i mean it's it's just like bodies are the way that they're shown i wish i could give my boobs away to charity that's really funny (laughs) you should put that on stage i hope you keep that in the podcast too um yeah i mean it, like the the beauty standard thing and then the fact it's it's just wild it really it, is a lot. it really is because i mean and, and unfortunately that's so much of what this movie is about 
out. Yeah. Um, and it's also just like the weird thing is, like, you know, basically, uh, um, Lou doesn't get orgasms with Constance, but she wants to marry Constance. And apparently Constance's issue is that she's a bitch, even though people keep saying that she is. And I don't think that she is. I just think that she wants Lou to communicate better and she's not good at like uh, there is expressing a very that thing. in a useful way. Yeah. And it's just like, everybody's just like, you're a fucking bitch. They're like, well, and you know, like, you're kind of, yeah, it's weird. It's like, once everyone finds out Lou has an orgasm, they're all like, well, we've been meaning to tell you this, Constance, but you're an asshole. You're a fucking bitch. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like, and I, like, her character is just very direct and like, She's she's just like a very direct she's person. Very she, direct. She, she also just seems like a person that would not have this number of white friends because like because all white of them people can't handle so, it. They can. <laughs> they can't. Like these are the kind yeah. of people. Like if I went on vacation with these people, they'd also call me a bitch. Like it's like it's it's, it's just set no, up in yeah. a way for for Constance to fail because she's the like she probably you know, dealt with very direct communication in her upbringing. A lot of immigrant families do. Mine well, did. right, because she's, but her mom's from China in the movie. And yeah. so she's just like, yeah, like she speaks Chinese at one point. It's like, yeah, immigrant family, you're dealing with a different set of cars than like, it's you know. It's a completely different thing. And I'm not saying that like all immigrant families are just like really aggressive. I'm not even saying that it's not. No. It, it's considered to be aggressive, I think, to white people. But this kind of like directness and like, in the way, like, in having responsibilities, <clears throat> responsibilities for your family, responsibilities for your heritage, responsibilities. Like, you know, a lot of immigrant kids, we have to do more. We have more responsibility than just Especially your everyday middle class white kids. White immigrants, you know? Like, yeah. Like, uh, it's. Yeah, it it totally. So So it's just like it just it just seems like she, you know, she grew up with a bunch of people who spoke like very clearly, gave very clear orders, were pretty clear about their emotions or didn't talk about them at all. It's either but those two like extremes. She super loves <laughs> yeah. Lou and you can tell And, and you can tell that she does. I don't know, like I'm like I, I don't know. I'm in a relationship with a very direct person and it's like, I, I, I think that this one of the weird things about this movie is that it's very much like, here's the soft, sweet, emotional person, but she doesn't know how to communicate. And here's the direct asshole. And I'm like, that's not how it works. Like, Lou does need to learn how to communicate. And it's hard to advocate for yourself when that's not how you've been raised or how you function, you know? Yeah. Maybe she's been gaslit, you know, all these things. Like, I, I identified with Lou in certain senses where I was like, oh, I was her in a lot of situations. But with with uh, Constance Wu's character, I was like, she's not an asshole. Like, she actually really seems like a good partner to me. Like, she um, she seems like a partner who's like, just tell me what I need to do and I'm going to do it because I love you. Like, that was the vibe I got from her. And so it was very weird to me that everybody was piling on her when she was just like, I didn't know this and I want to fix it. And everyone's like, yeah, well, you know, of course yeah. you didn't know. I mean, and it's, it's like, just well, she can't like read. She can't read her partner's mind. I, like, you know, I, I have a very maybe controversial thing. I think that Lou does not want to be with Constance. Do you, do you think she just doesn't want to be with a I, woman? I think or do you think she, she like, it's very hard. She talks about like Constance being her first woman, which I felt like was weird that that was kind of buried. Yeah. I felt like that should have been more part of it. Yeah, I don't know if it's that she's not really into women or um, she's not really into constant, but it just, in a sense where, like, the fact that she doesn't have orgasms and, like, 
doesn't seem to care that much about it. Like, I don't know if I could marry someone before. Like, it's not like I'm like, they shouldn't get married, but I think I would wait until like, I oh, know gosh. that our if sex they can't is make, going if, to be good. Right. And I guess, and I mean, I feel like the script, the way the script tried to address this was Lou said, well, I've, I've never had it with anyone. You're my first woman. And, and uh, in one scene, she says, you're the best sex I've ever had for sure. And so I feel like it's supposed to be, oh, well, Lou hasn't had an orgasm. But Constance makes her feel better than everyone else she's been with. And she loves Constance. So, like, I got that. Like, if she hasn't had an orgasm, then she's like, well, this is better than the other non-orgasms. But, like, I mean, I agree with you at the same time where that's a pretty big... It's 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 I, I feel like Lou just doesn't know what an, because she doesn't know what an orgasm feels like. She doesn't know how important it is to get one. I think so. <laughs> you know what? Like she I doesn't so. know like how much of an actual release it can be and like how bonding it can be in a relationship. I don't know how much like maybe it's the actress's performance or something, but I had a lot of trouble believing that Lou was really as in it as Constance was. Well, I, but the other thing that was interesting to me is that like, it does show Lou making Constance orgasm. And I was like, how is she so good at this? If she doesn't know how to pleasure herself and if she's never been with another woman, like right. that's like, like, but then my, my, the way that I fixed that in my head was I was like, well, Constance is a very direct communicator. So I could see her being like, this is what I like. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's what I think. That's yeah. what I think it is. Cause like <laughs> Constance's orgasm at the beginning was like, she like ridiculous. I was actually like, I'm not going to lie. Like at the beginning I was like, oh, I'm going to love this movie. Like I was like, oh, it starts with a woman orgasming. I love it. And then I was like, oh, okay. This is like really long. <laughs> it's like over two hours of people having conversations. Was it? over two hours uh, or did yeah. it just feel like that it was like 126 minutes or something oh my god yeah. i don't know I know. Uh, yeah it, it was it was definitely way too long for the amount of plot that they had and the fact that like i don't know it's, okay no it's not two hours i totally overestimated it's 90 minutes but like i understand it's why 90 it felt minutes, like two but hours for some reason in my head like i got home last night i like did a show i was like not drunk, but like I had a few drinks. I felt good. I had a long ass day. And then I watched it and I was like, it's still going. I'm going to stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's a very long movie that um, doesn't really explore relationships as much as you would want. Because it's like, I know you have 90 minutes, but like it's 90 minutes of a lot of like shit that like seems unscripted. So we could have spent more time with people in bed and like more time with people like, you know, like. Yeah. Talking about like the fact that we I hate saying this but the fact that we don't get to see Josh and uh old girl have sex. I'm just like if we're going to spend the rest of the movie talking about it, we should have at least gotten to see the sex. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like and, and like I got the vibe, like the vibe because like there's an, a a conversation between Constance and Josh where she's like you always do this. You have to fuck everyone, which again I realize I'm going to sound like a hypocrite because we just talked about like beauty standards, but like, I'm like, who, why does everyone want to fuck Josh? <laughs> like, like this isn't even about how he looks. I'm like, he doesn't have good energy. Like, why is he getting nah. fucked so much? But yeah. like Constance is like, you fuck everyone. And so I felt like there was a deep subtext that Josh is good in bed. Right. Like, like Josh yeah. knows how to reel the ladies in. And again, I, I'm just going to chalk. I'm sorry about that. I did not know that my phone was loud. Um, I'm going to chalk this up to only straight guy in art school energy again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a circumstantial thing. And like he knows the right references. So he seems safe. And then he fucks. Yeah. But he, I don't think he's good at it. Uh, no. 
So, I mean, this movie, I don't know, it's hard because there are actors I like in it, and I, I, I also really do like seeing movies where there's newcomers, you know, and I thought Ever was really funny. Um, it just needed to actually... Korean was fun. Yeah, it needed to have a, an arc. Yeah, it just doesn't really have an arc. Nothing is solved by the end of the movie. Just stop. Yeah, they like the end of the movie. Um, it ends with a confessional from Lou, where she's like, "Yeah, so, like, her and Constance get in a big fight. They almost break up, and then they don't. And Lou's like, this is just like one struggle we'll get through. But I want to be with you the rest of my life, and I want to get a dog, and then our dog will die, and then we're gonna be together, and all this stuff. And um, and Constance is finally like, okay. And so it's like this is like their first big fight. You I know guess. what this is? A novel. It's totally a novel. Like, yeah. this is, like, definitely some... <laughs> like, I would love the shit out of this novel if, if it was well written. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and she... And, the, and then it ends with a confessional where Lou's just like, yeah, I haven't had my first orgasm yet, but I'll keep you guys updated. And it's, like, kind of, like, quirky and funny where she's all like, I'll let you guys know. No pressure. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> knows <laughs> that I haven't come, but uh, I'll let you know. And again, like, again, like, I'm admitting this I don't know. If this I would <laughs> be extremely my shit if it was just done a bit better. Yeah. Which is what bummed me out so much. Yeah. Because I was like, this is total. like, I am the sucker that will, like, like, I'm into this. I am but not the sucker, but yeah. I, you know. Yeah. But you, uh, you empathize. I do. Yeah. yeah. You're friends with the sucker. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, this is a, this is the kind of movie that, and this is not an insult or anything, but I'm just, and it's more of an appreciation of craft. You can really appreciate what Greta Gerwig does and realize that it is not easy. <laughs> no, that's the thing. That's why, like, when people are condescending about what they call, people call anything twee if it's, like, female-focused or, you know, has moments. When a good movie is, has any hints of, uh, mumblecore, twee, uh, you know, character-based moments, and, and, and it's good, and then it gets trashed, I feel like I'm defensive because I know that it's really hard to pull off. I'm like, no, you got to give this credit. This was not lazy. The reason that you hate this is either a style issue that is fine, you can have that, or you just don't realize that it's actually really hard to capture this in an interesting way. Yeah. So, what I mean, what should we tell people to watch instead, Ladybird? <laughs> Well, Lady Bird isn't mumblecore. I feel like we should tell people to watch an actual romantic comedy about women. Like about a lesbian couple. That's good. And I feel really bad because I don't have one at the top of my head. So I'm very I know sorry, a, I know a lot of lesbian dramas, but... I mean, this is more of a drama than a romantic comedy if we're going to get technical. So we could recommend a drama. Hmm. Um... No. Cause it like it's like da da da. I would say this is a great excuse, and I was just thinking about this because everyone's mean to the Asian girl in this movie for some reason. Watch Saving Face, which is um, you know, in an Asian rom com. It's also a family drama, but it's. It's very, very good. Saving Face is good, and there are minimal white people in it. If that's any. beautiful. That's yeah, great. <laughs> I would love to see myself less, you know? 
And you should watch Saving Face, Bronwyn, if you I haven't will. seen it yet. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's really I'm, good. Hey, everybody listening, I'm going to watch it. You can tweet me if you watch it, and we can talk about it. You can also tweet Jordane, but she's already seen it. Yeah. So, you know. She also has a lot of really weird people tweet her, and it's just, like, stressful. So just be nice to Jordane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people are mean to me on Facebook, which I guess means I'm a mom, like... I get Facebook trolled and you get Twitter trolled. Somebody, uh, somebody um, texted me. A friend of mine was just like, I think people try you so much because your man is white. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> shitty. I don't know. But maybe it just means I, she was just like, maybe it makes you like more accessible to people. And I was like, oh, well, well, fuck I w- that. <laughs> I wish I could make myself less accessible. How do I to make people. them not? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to do that, but I'm going to. I'm going to ponder on it. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Yeah. Back it up, back it up.